Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan, Keith Steigert, Uber Reader, and Romance Junkie. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. I couldn't read like all week. It sucked major Why? donkey balls. Was it because my of your head COVID? Hurt so freaking yeah, my head hurt so bad. That was like the biggest thing. Like I didn't lose my taste and smell, but I had really bad vertigo, dizziness, mm. and my head just constantly hurt. Like I couldn't concentrate on anything. Mm. How are you feeling now? Better. Yes. That's good. That's the second time you've had it, right? At least, yeah. Jesus, Keith. We kind of wonder if I got it at the very, very onset when they sent oh, everyone okay. home. Because I was, ri- that was when I was super sick. And okay. I was sick for weeks. I had a temperature for like three weeks. Mm, probably. But then, this yeah. time, like, after after you've had the vaccine, it's really not so bad. Well, that's but good. I feel like everyone I mean, in this town has it. Well, that just I means mean, the vaccines are working because it prevented right. you from getting deathly ill. Yeah. <laughs> Which is and the I point mean, of the vaccine in the first place. I'm just yes. really trying not to get it, period. Yeah. Well, the good news is if you get it, it's probably, you might not even know it because, I mean, some people, it just feels like a cold. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've, well you- they've changed the mask policy at work. We're no longer allowed to wear cloth masks. We have to wear surgical the masks. The 95 now. thingy majiggers? Not N95. No. Um, that's only if you're in, like, an airborne room. Um, but, like, regular surgical or the KN95s. The KN95 to- is what I'm wearing now. And what I'm hoping to do is that everybody that comes to the event, I'm hoping that they will either upgrade to a good mask or double up. Where, it, you know, the way I did in the first part of the pandemic, which is to wear a surgical mask underneath a cloth. That's what yeah. I've been doing. Yeah. I like the <clears throat> KN95s. I like the KN95s. We've talked about I it. I like them uh, because they fit my substantial nose very nicely. I don't even know that I know what that looks it like. It looks like it's a, a pointy one. They're, they like fold. They're flat. And when you open them I, up, yeah. there's a ridge on the front. Are they disposed? Like, yes. are they yeah, all disposable? Just, yes. Yeah, See, you can wear like them. Hang on, I let me use get one. You can lot. wear them a bunch of times, though. Yeah, as I long as you, like I mean, I've row. even taken mine and using a used a Clorox wipe on the inside to wear, you know, because I get makeup on them. Yeah, I probably need to get one because I'm wondering if they'll make changes to the air things. Yeah, we, we're, what you have to wear on an airplane. We're definitely going to need to encourage everybody who's at our show to wear a mask. Yeah, you, you fr- is it not a thing in Oklahoma that you have to wear them inside? No. Okay, no. and Full Circle doesn't have that. You know. I've full, been full in circle, Mike. I don't think we're going to be able to wear a mask while we podcast. I don't think it's going to sound right if we do. Probably not. Why don't we start off today's podcast by talking about which books we're going to review for the live oh. show on January 29th at Full Circle Books? Woo! Because let me tell you, it was a chore. <laughs> we had to go back and Only forth for several Megan. times because... There's always the chance that the book we choose for some reason will not be available. For me, that's usually, you know, if you pick a book that was only published by Amazon, for example, a lot of times the yeah. bookstores can't get those. And there's a book shortage. Yes. There so is. you got that you, on top of it. It's only on YA books. I swear to God. No. 
Well, it's we, on romance books, obviously. Okay. Just us. The people that read my trade, books are, aren't us. I think it's trade paperback books. It I might think be. That's yeah. it. It might be. It tends to be the buzzier books that yes. we have trouble getting. All the ones I was picking were buzzy. I purposefully tried to pick an old book, but I mean, it's a popular older book, but... I'm almost happier with my new pick. So. I had to sit in front of my bookcase on the phone <laughs> with my Rachel going, what about this one? What about this one? No, they probably can't get that one. Okay, what about this? <laughs> like For like 30 we, minutes. We tried, we tried a couple of times for Keith's book and three yeah, times, three times Megan. for Megan's book before we could finally get something that Full Circle could get on time. Yeah, I never have a problem. So you guys should just switch to historical fiction. So my uh, my third backup, yeah, to the three other books was going to be a you're YA so smug. You're so smug, Monty. Look at that smug look on your face. She Listen, said it's a... all non-drama here. Non-drama lies. All, all lies. your books are drama. Exactly. Your books are dramatic porn. That's well, true. Like that, that Facebook post, you know, I have to live through other people it's because I have a non-dramatic life. So I have to read it in books. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. Just kidding. <laughs> I think it's going to be kind of a cool show. I'm going to review a book I already reviewed on the podcast, but I don't think any of you guys are. I, I basically did that for a couple of reasons, but why don't we go ahead cheated. and no, the reason I did it, <laughs> the biggest reason I did it is because I love the author and I want to give him as much love as possible. I picked The Black Tongue Thief by Christopher Buhlman. And I know that because it's his first fantasy novel, he needs extra love. Plus, it's such a good book. I want to talk about it again. So that's what, what I'll be reviewing that night. Bonnie, what are you reviewing that night? I'm doing uh, Three Sisters by Heather Morris. And it is another one kind of centered around um, Auschwitz during the Holocaust. So Vonnie's got trauma porn. So she it's does. a happy-go-lucky book. Then. It's, it's a happy-good-lucky. Yeah. Go lucky. Dancing and singing. I mean, and if you look at the cover, they could be skipping through a field, but I'm pretty sure they're running. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure they're running. Or they're they're Yes, They're probably running. But what I love about this book, and um, Heather Morris did this on her other one, Silka's Journey, it has characters from other books that she's written incorporated into the story but it's a standalone awesome. so if you've read her other books you can pick out names and people like um huh. anyways it's a really good book <laughs> i suggest everybody read it and awesome. actually it's a very buzzy book because i had to wait nine weeks at the library damn to check girl. this out it's a yeah. long time what about i waited a long time for this book Excellent, excellent. So a lot of people are going to want to read that. Keith, what are you reading? Uh, my book is called My Cone and Only, and it confused the heck out of Martha. I know. She texted it to me. She's like, my cone and only. I said, you mean one? She goes, no. <laughs> because it's all about an, a family that owns an ice cream factory. So all the books have these weird punny names about ice cream which is hysterical and a little annoying, but I really, I, I think it's cute for this series. So who, who's the author on that one? Susanna Nix. Okay, so Megan, who you got? Finally, drum roll after three books. Yeah, serious. <laughs> I have 
The Knife of Never Letting Go by Patrick oh. Ness. What kind of a book oh. is that? What genre is also that? Also known as Chaos Walking. I don't it know what YA, that is. It's YA, like sci-fi. Oh. Is it YA? It's a hugely I, buzzy book. I've heard it, a lot it about YA. it. It's in, so Tom Holland was Not in too much. Daisy Ridley. We're in the movie. That's that they why. Did. Oh, so cool. The movie was called Chaos Walking. The first book is The Knife of Never Letting Go. Sweet. So we got a really nice lineup for you. Now, the cool thing about this event is that you can read along with each of us if you want to. So if you want to, you know, have read the book by the time you get to the event or... You can read the buddy read book that we chose. Vonnie read or Vonnie chose the buddy read this time. So we're going to discuss yeah. that after the podcast. So we're encouraging everybody to read along with that one. Of course, or we'll, just read both. Or you could do all of just, them if you really you know, feel ambitious. Everything. Read all five. <laughs> but you don't have to. You could just read nothing and come and hang out. We don't care. Pick the genre that you like the most. And just read that. Or you can wait till you get there and just buy it for full circle because they will have a copy for you. Very true. But we're super excited because this will be the first time we'll be at full circle since January of 2020. That was the last. I have never been there. I'm super excited. Keith gets to go for the first time to full circle. She's flying in from Pennsylvania for the event. We are super excited. And it'll be like winter or something. Oh, stop. 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 I'm not. Did we say wood. the did we say the buddy reader? Did we just No, did we didn't we say, say oops, sorry. No. Okay. Vonnie, you can do it. Oops. <laughs> the buddy read we're doing this week is called Radium Girls by Kate Moore. And it's actually a nonfiction book about clock painters in the early nineteen hundreds and the radium they used and how it made them sick. Which is cool because then you get, you know, a little bit of history in there, but you get to learn a little bit about the girls too. And we'll be discussing that after we do the live podcast. So live pass- podcast starts at seven and then we usually get over about eight and then between eight and nine, we'll have the group discussion. And then afterwards, we usually find somewhere to go eat because I mean, yes, the after party. <laughs> yes, the after party. Then we'd be hungry is absolutely essential and we'll have information on that closer to the event because we haven't found a place to go yet but we will have one someplace where we can have an adult beverage or two and the delicious food last time i think we were at pub w and that was delicious it was very good Mm, we did go there last time that was delicious but we got to figure out what's going to work for everybody someplace central then maybe i think we were trying to find central last time and we couldn't find anything well i liked whiskey cakes but you don't like the smell of it maybe if we contact them ahead of time and ask them to get rid of their fucking air freshener you know what martha i just put my hands who puts air freshener in their fucking restaurant on the table. Everybody on the planet? No, no, that's a really bad thing. I watch on Top Chef and they say that like high-end restaurants absolutely will yeah, not do that. Yeah, because you can't smell totally the food. Bad. You can't smell yeah, the food. That. What's the Are point Are you sure of it was that? the air freshener and not the candles no, uh, they had burning? Well, I candles shouldn't be candles. burning either. No, there you shouldn't, shouldn't have a candles. scent in the fucking mm-hmm. restaurant. Or maybe somebody just went crazy with the perfume. 
No. Maybe someone had just died and they were trying to mask the scent. Oh my God, that would make a great novel, Keith. See, right? That's what I was thinking. Long story short. We are going to have a fantastic fucking time. We're, we are so excited about this event. Now, having said that, you must mask up. We do not want to do this in an unsafe manner. Please get yourself a really cool mask. We will praise you for it. We will be excited to see you. And we're going to have so much fun now. January 29th is the date at Full Circle Bookstore in Oklahoma City. Speaking of other cool things happening in Oklahoma City... The Metro Library is doing their winter read. They're doing like winter bingo and you can win prizes when you submit your bingo card. And it's for adults. Adults only. They never do stuff for adults. So it's really for those kids. Yeah. They have kids stuff all the time. I mean, the kids get pizza and whatnot, but the adults never get praised for their reading skills. We get chicken. We get fried chicken and coffee. Yes. I mean, that sounds good. Cool mugs. Yeah. And you know how much we, I know I and Martha both use the library. We are almost exclusively. We are probably top library users in the Metro. I would, I'd be willing to bet we are among the top users of the library. We read so much. Mm -hmm. So if you want to play along, you just need to go to their website. Which is metrolibrary.org. And then backslash... Um, book bingo and you can sign up it goes from the 1st of january to the 28th of february yes if you want to have fun with bingo check out the metro library's website and sign up Mm, i feel like it's like a big book week like we're talking about our show talking about the library bingo and station 11 show came out on hbo max yesterday a book which i reviewed in the very early days of the podcast i don't remember what episode that was but i think Um, it was i can tell you it was in the teens okay yeah it was like it was early yeah hang on because when they announced the show i did a post because i try to i was like oh this book we've we um megan's the queen of adaptations she likes to keep track I do. Speaking of keeping track of Adam. Adapt- reviewed it on l- lucky number 13. Lucky number 13. And speaking of adapt- adaptations, another favorite of mine, per- the, nah. per- the Peripheral by William Gibson is being made into a series as well. Oh. I, I'm re- rereading that one right now, but it probably won't come out for another two years. <laughs> I was just. It is a. It is super weird watching. I mean, I read Station Eleven when the pandemic started because I was like, this seems fitting. <laughs> but like watching it is like makes it even more like creepy. Okay, we did. Yeah, like we kind of already lived this. Like not to the extent that became Station Eleven. But yeah, the show, I think the show is g- very good. I would say it's less confusing if you've read the book. I think if you haven't read the book and you try to watch it, you might be a little bit confused. But I also kind of felt like when I read the book, I was a little bit confused most of the time. (laughs) In a good way, because it was great. (laughs) But like trying to put all the puzzle pieces together when you're reading the book was like mind-blowing. But I give give the show a solid B plus right now. Did you watch the whole thing or is it still Uh, being eked out? No, it's all out. The whole thing's out. It's on, that's on Showtime, right? Uh, HBO Max. Fuck. Yep. 
guess it's, I'm going to. It's good. I like it. If it's all out, I can I can go get HBO Max and watch it. Yes, it's all out. I'm on episode seven, and I think there's like nine or ten episodes. I have I HBO you- Max. You can just come to my house and watch it. Oh, there you go. That sounds good. Martha, if you have Showtime, you know what you need to watch? What? It's this show called The... Oh, crap. The Yellow Jackets. I'm watching it. It is so... Yeah. It is so the Lord of the Flies, except with a bunch of, like, a bunch of girls. Girls, yep. Yep. I started watching it um, the other day. I I haven't gotten very far in, though. But that's very buzzy right now, too. Buzzy. Is it? (laughs) Yay! I'm watching (laughs) some buzzy. (laughs) I don't have anything funny, because this week was like a dumpster fire. The numbers in Oklahoma City have to be high, because... Wednesday, I had a really bad allergy attack, which happens when everybody first starts turning on their heaters and all the dust Mm. is in the air. And I woke up and my eyes were all swollen and crusty and gross. So I called in sick to work because, you know, sinus pressure, yada, yada, so on and so forth. And um, they made me take a test, a COVID test before I could go back. And of course, there's no test to be found. I called all over the place trying to find a home test. I found one in Yukon. By the time I drove to Yukon, which is just right outside of Oklahoma City, by the time I got there, they were out. And so I couldn't find anywhere on Wednesday. So then I had to stay home Thursday and I got in line for a rapid test that once I found one, I started looking at eight by nine o'clock. I found one and I was in line until one o'clock waiting for a fucking test. And my parents bought some home tests before we went on the cruise, just like two, what, two, three weeks ago now? Just to be like, oh, we might want to take these when we get home just to make sure. And then as soon as we got on the boat, they're like, home tests are out everywhere. And we're like, well, we have like several now, like in the closet. Well, you could, you could like sell those for like 150 bucks on the street corners. You probably could. Yeah, because people are desperate to get their hands on those things. I got you. (laughs) I got you. $150. Yep. It was a little irritating, but I guess it's better to be safe than sorry because sinus pressure isn't really a COVID. It is of the Omicron. I looked it up and sinus, I mean, they have you fill a, a questionnaire out and sinuses really? was nowhere on there. Oh. Yeah. Headache, like straight congestion, up headache is on there. Headache and, and headache, congestion. That's but thing. not but not sinuses. Sinuses and congestion are two different things though. It's still better to be safe than sorry and you got a couple. Even of, I had to. You got a couple of days off. Well, yeah, but then I had to sit in my car for four hours in eighteen degree weather, waiting for a freaking test. Yeah. And then when the guy came out and tested me, he had the mask like over his mouth, but not over his nose. Uh, Did you tell I, him? And then it was like, well, I hope I don't catch COVID from you right now because you're all up in my face with a swab up my nose, breathing in my breathing through your nose into my If he was standing outside, it was probably numb. He probably didn't even realize it wasn't up over his nose. Probably not. It was cold that day. It was cold. My irrational anger at the hospital when I see people without their mask on is grown. Like, we had to text another director while in line at lunch because we knew what department this person was from. And we're like, tell your person to put on their goddamn mask right in the cafeteria, please. I was getting real. I'm getting very hostile. I feel, I feel like well, an old crotchety lady. Oklahoma <laughs> is is just so back backwards about stuff like that. Nobody wears a mask in public here. And even if they have it mandatory in places, they don't enforce it. So no. people were walking around with a mask, even though there's a mandate, you know, signs everywhere, you know, wear your mask. This mask is mandatory in here. And then you see people walking around without them and nobody says anything to them. 
Karen's and Kevin's. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What? Whatever. You two. The CDC you. says it's okay to talk about Bruno. <laughs> you know what I think the CDC says lately? I feel like the CDC is just done. Like, I feel like they're because I was talking to somebody who had kids who were exposed to COVID and like by their parent. And she was talking about how she was going to keep them home because she thought that was what you're supposed to do. So she called the school district and they were like, no, no, no. If you've been exposed to COVID, but you were vaccinated, like ever just come on in because the CDC's changed their guidelines. And I was thinking, I feel like the CDC is just feeling like, you know what? I don't know. Come in. Don't come in. Healthcare workers work or don't like we give up. You're going to do what you're going to do anyway. Well, I mean, they're not accurate. Yeah. CDC's done. This is like Darwin's natural selection right now. Yeah. The people who are smart enough to put on a goddamn mask are going to survive. We have to get off that soapbox. We do. That was fun. I have no idea what I'm going to do today. And have you ever heard, um, like... No, you have not. It's nowhere on the website. Like, um, black people consider, (gasps) like, either having a yellow... Wait a second, you did talk about that. But I might have just talked about it to you. No, you talked about it in one of the episodes, about, like, the different, like, having a yellow tone. Oh, but not this book. Not this Oh, you know why? You were talking about the last book. Because in uh, the vanishing half, oh. the same. Yes. It was the same concept between the yellow and mm-hmm. the okay. like the the lighter colored um, black people and the uh, darker colored black people. That was also in vanishing half. Yes. Okay, so Vani, what kind of book do you have for us t- today? Well, of course, it's more trauma porn, but Yay. this time it takes place during um, the slavery era. The book I'm reviewing this week is called Yellow Wife by Sadiqa Johnson. And the main character in this is a girl named Phoebe. She's probably about 14, 15-ish or so. Um, And of course, she's a a slave. But her master is actually one of the better masters, I guess I would say. Like he treats them well. He made sure that she was educated and he taught her how to play the piano. And like he really wants to make sure that, you know, she is taken care of. Of course, um, Master's wife does not like her at all because I'm trying to think of what the Master's wife's name is. And I cannot remember because, um, you know, he likes this little girl so much and she's basically jealous so the first chance that she gets, um, I can't remember if he like is sick or out of town or what the hell happened. She uh, sends Phoebe off to a slave trade to trade her off and send her to a different family. Well, she ends up in this, and I want to say it's like Louisiana or somewhere. And um, the owner of the slave auction buys her keeps her and has decided to make her like his wife and that's where you come up with the yellow wife which i guess that happened a lot with um slave auction owners because they were considered high class but still not considered 
high society, if that makes sense, because of what they did. So he couldn't marry a high society girl. Well, he had status, but not the right status. Right. Because of what he did, he was considered, even though he was high income, high class, he was still considered low society because, okay. So what the slave owners did is they just picked a pretty black woman and basically made her the head of the household and like a wife, except of course she wasn't free to make her own decisions. So Mm. this slave auction owner makes her his wife and it's a, the book is just basically about her having to go from this home where she's really truly loved and, you know, is treated very well by her master going into this slave auction. That's just horrific. Just the conditions that they keep the slaves in and just how they handle the auctions. And it's just, it's horrible. It's, it, it definitely is some trauma porn. Let me tell you, I mean, have some nightmares about those conditions and yeah, I can't get too much into it because I'm going to give away too many plot twists. Yeah. But it was, I actually enjoyed it better than I thought I would. Um, I'm not a huge fan of of like um, that era of historical fiction, but this one I, I definitely did like, and I would recommend this to somebody else who was a historical fiction fan. Very well written. Definitely a um, four and a half star read for me. Wow. Cool. Definitely. Nice. That was called The Yellow Wife by Sadiqa Johnson. And I mean, Keith, it's trauma porn. Very That's much okay. So. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> Very much so. Keith's like, I'm living in ice cream factory land. That's right. <laughs> this is the happy bubble. <laughs> no what, popping. What kind of happiness do we have today, Keith? So the book I read this week is called Make Me Wilder by Serena Bell. That sounds dirty. You know, and it's, it's, it is, the title is kind of dirty and it is spicy, but it's, it's not a dirty book. So oh, okay. it is not like trauma porn smut. Uh, I was picturing like, like I, I that title screams like smut Olympics. This is another <laughs> like, Olympics. like the ice cream cone <laughs> book. This is one of those, these are a play on words because this is about the Wilder family. Ah. Okay, that's what Wilder is. Okay. Uh-huh. So there are five boys and a, so there are five brothers and a sister. And they all own this, um, the company is called Wilder Advent- Family Adventures. And so they are in this small town in Oregon called Rush Creek. And this town used to be like a very country kind of place. Like they had this big rodeo, um, they, and it's a small town. So they had like little mercantiles and all sorts of stuff. And people just came for like the highfalutin awesome country times. Well, then they discovered this amazing set of hot springs in the town. And so suddenly yuppies are flocking young women, like especially people on their honeymoons or people wanting to get married are flocking to this town. So the town has undergone a transition. They actually call, the locals call it New Rush Creek now because it's completely different. The rodeo has left and the Wilder family is really kind of ticked off because their whole thing, each brother 
has a different kind of wild adventure. One takes them out on fishing excursions. One teaches you about like survival in the woods, like big time survivalist kind of guy. Another does hunting excursions. Then when it's cold, there's like a skiing excursion guy and stuff like that and wild, wild water rapids. So there are those kind of adventures. But now that all of these women are coming in, like for women's retreats and hot spa, you know, that kind of stuff, all these spas are coming up and they keep making these jokes about how for them to flourish and to keep the business, they're going to need to start putting lavender sachets into the pillows that they give people on the tenting trips. And they're really ticked off about it. They're very ticked off that the, and this has been the family business. Their dad, their dad started it and he died when the oldest was 15. Um, very suddenly. And his last words to his son were like, keep the family going. So it's a big deal that they want to keep this business going, but the town is very different. So they hire this marketing person to come in and her name's Lucy. She is from New York and she walks around in these high heels where everybody else in this Oregon town has layers on and flannel and hiking boots. So she really does not fit in and they really can't stand her. Uh, but their mother who owns 60% of the business has basically gone behind everybody's backs and hired this woman. And her idea is like her specialty is that she gets people to see what women want in a business. And basically this company is catering to men and men just aren't around anymore. And if they are, they're with their girlfriends. So they have to kind of change the business so that instead of say fly fishing, or in addition to a fly fishing excursion, you also have night under the stars or a book club on the lake, <laughs> which, you know, they're really not thrilled about. But book club on the lake turns out to be pretty popular. Uh, so, that is the plot of the book is that these guys are pushing against this poor young lady who is just trying to help their business to stay afloat. So it's, it's got very witty banter because, you know, she is just kind of like, hi, I'm here for you guys. I'm trying to help your business. And they're like, girls, 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 we hate girls. And you're like, stop being a dick. Right. But it is, it is, hysterical. It's very spicy because of course, one of them is going to fall in love with Lucy. Of course. And the nice thing about it is it is going to, it's the first in what's going to be a series, but each book can be read by itself without messing up what you know about it because there's five brothers and they're all single. I'm guessing that each book is going to have Wilder in the title and one of the brothers is going to meet a girl. Hooray! So they're all going to become less macho and less jerky. Yay! <laughs> but it's really funny. It's everything I look for in a happy-go-lucky, fluffy, yay kind of romance. And that was called Make Me Wilder by Serena Bell. Sounds so cute. It's it fun, does. But it's got the spice, baby. Got the spice. spice. You like spice, the spice. Baby. I do like the spice. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I am breaking my, I review things in the order that they're in my Goodreads rule. Uh-oh. Because I am so obsessed with this book. Keith has briefly mentioned it uh-huh. in her top five um, for last year. And that is, If This Gets Out by Sofia Gonzalez and Kale Dietrich. And I cannot say enough amazing things about this book. If I had read it last year when it first came out, it would have been in my top five as well. So we have a boy band. There's four members in this boy band. And we have Zach and Ruben. And Ruben basically has been out within the music industry and in their friends since he was a teenager. But their record label is like, no, no, that's bad for sales because we need every female in the country to want to date you and they won't want to date you if you come out. And so he's kind of put off about it. He's like, fine, I'll do what's best for the band. The band actually got put together at like a Camp Rock type camp, like a summer camp. (laughs) Um, And John, one of the guys in the band, his dad is like their manager. Like he works for the record company. And Angel is the fourth member. And this book has been affectionately called by all of the internet (laughs) as the Larry book. Uh, which is a One Direction reference. But what I loved about this book, and I have read several books that fit this category lately. When I read Grace and the Fever, that was clearly a One Direction reference. Like there's been a couple. But what I loved most about this book is that they did not just like copy paste One Direction's personalities or how we view them personality wise and just like change their name. Like, the angel character, when I first started reading him, I was like, oh, okay, he's the Nile. He's like the 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 quiet, like goofy one who's just kind of the boy next door. Okay, got it. And then like two paragraphs later, I was like, oh, but Angel has some issues. So he's got like a little drizzle of like Zane mixed in there. So I loved that they it didn't read like I was reading a fan fiction because I love reading fan fiction as much as the next person. But I, what I love when I go to read the book and I can't just swap out names, like that the characters had more depth and were really kind of flushed out and they didn't just fit in that little box of like, hey, this band is supposed to remind you of One Direction. So I just copy and pasted their exact personalities and changed the names. So we go through the book with Ruben and Zach. Zach trying to kind of decide his own identity and the record label and management just continuously pushing back on any type of possible relationship. Like there's a blacklist of questions that they're never allowed to ask the band. And that list does exist in the real world too. That even before you factored Zach in, like they were never allowed to ask Ruben about his his sexuality or anything. And what it really made me, not even irrationally angry, it just made me so angry at times because to think, that these record companies are treating people that way and just totally not letting them live their lives. Like you, they, at one point they redid the entire choreography of one of the songs because they like Ruben and Zach looked at each other on stage and they were like, Nope, you're being too obvious. Got to put you on opposite ends of the stage. And they were like, what the hell? Like, what is going on? So that was, it felt very real and also really heartbreaking at the same time to think that, that was going on. And, and Lance Bass from NSYNC has said it in the past, 
like people were like, why didn't you come out then? And he was like, well, you have to think about the fact that I had the career of my five, my four best friends in my hands. Like if I fucked it up, I didn't just fuck it up for me. I fucked it up for them. So I thought that was like that perspective of 20 years later, we're still having these conversations about boy bands and their sexuality. And if they're allowed to come out or they're not allowed to come out. And I, it was such a good book. The characters had great depth. And it's definitely so many Larry references <laughs> that it made my soul happy. I started making a, a TikTok. I'll have to post it or to share it to our page of all the Larry references along the way because it made my heart happy, obviously. And that was If This Gets Out by Sophia Gonzalez and Kale Dietrich. Let me say that if you know nothing about One Direction like me, it's still a really good book. Well, clearly, because it was on, on your top five, so. And I, I agree with Keith. If I did not know anything about One Direction and picked that book up, I would still have been enthralled with, like, the characters and their struggles and what goes on in the music industry that the everyday person probably doesn't really know about. And I feel like a lot of that's coming to light as, like, the boy bands get older and can start talking because all their contracts have expired. Um <laughs> And they can now go on TV and tell Simon Cowell to fuck off. <laughs> like, nice. So, um, yeah, I agree with Keith. Even if you're not, a, if you've ever liked any boy band, you will love this book. All right. Hang huh? on. I got to plug in. I didn't realize I wasn't plugged in. Hang on. Okay. Beano really works, by the way. <laughs> Good. I might need to get some of that. I didn't know if it would work or not. I, I didn't I've test- actually never used it. I didn't test it out last night, which I should have. But today I took it before I had lunch and I'm, I'm good. I plugged the computer, like the plug to the computer in, but the plug wasn't in the wall. So the whole mm. time I thought <laughs> it's it was not helpful at all. Not. So I got the little message. It's like, your MacBook's about to turn itself off. Plug in now, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is time for me to get on with my Honky. review. And I'm going to do a book called We Are Watching Eliza Bright by A.E. Osworth. Not really my usual type of book. I don't remember why I picked it up in the first place. It's about a girl who works for a video game company, and she is really good at her job. She's a really good coder, but she gets hired at this place called Fancy Dog Games. And the people that she works with are all guys, and she gets a promotion, and so they're, they're getting ready to do this new upgrade And if you know anything about gamers, you'll know that the ultimate in games is if if they could figure out how for you to have sex in the game. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Okay. So Mm -hmm. she's, so she actually. Wait, like, are we, are we talking like, like VR, like virtual reality or like sim style? It's really not, it's really not um, relevant. I'm okay. just, just saying know, that I that's just... what she's working on. So she's really not a prudish. Okay. She's not a prudish girl at all. She's very open-minded. She's really good at her job. And it begins right after she gets her promotion. And she's working with these two guys who immediately start attacking her work. And what they do is they go into their code that they're turning in and they code I don't remember what the number is, but it spells boobs on a calculator. (laughs) It's like eight 
something. It's like eight zero zero eight B O O B. Yeah. And then five is the S. Yes. Turn okay. it upside down. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I was like, okay. I uh, don't remember. Yeah. So I hang out with a, I hung out with a math? lot of, with oh, a lot of boys in high school. So yeah. yes, yes. Martha, was that the math you were trying to do when we started the podcast? No, no, it wasn't. But. <laughs> so so uh, anyway, sure. She we notices it. You. She notices it right away, of course. And it's, if you've ever worked with a bunch of guys, I've been, I've worked in an industry that is male dominated my entire career. And I can tell you from experience that it is not pleasant working with a bunch of guys, especially when you become their boss. It's really awful. And I have experienced some things that are really horrendous over time. So I totally get what she's going through. And she basically tells her boss about it. He, he basically tells her, Oh, toughen up. But he does talk to the two boys, guys that said something to her and, or that did it and says, you know, you, you guys knock that off. So then she's in a meeting like a couple of days later with these guys. And one of them just goes off on her and he starts calling her. He basically comes right out and says to her that she slept her way to the middle. And that's the only reason she got the job. And calls her a toxic whore, calls her all the, I mean, he comes right out and says all this stuff to her in the meeting in front of everyone. So she's pissed. And she goes over to tell her boss. And the first thing her boss says to her is, well, did you address this directly with him? Or did you just come straight to me? Yes, I punched him in the throat in the middle of the meeting. That's what I would have done. But she's, she's just furious. And all of these things that happen... She's she's so angry at her boss and at everybody that she's just like, well, fuck this. And she tells her story to the media. Well, she immediately gets fired because supposedly there was an NDA, even though she didn't tell anything about the company. They decide that that's just too far and they fire her for it. Is it part of their moral clause or whatever? Whatever that it is. is. I don't know what it yeah. is, but that it spirals it spirals so far out of the out of control that the gamer boys who love the game, which is sort of like a World of Warcraft game. So it's all guys, you know, loving it. They actually harass her to the point where um, they, they get a hold. One of the guys that she works with gets a hold of her personal file because when she gets fired, her boss leaves it laying on the on the table and one of them gets it and. He, he publishes it, all this stuff about her, her address, her allergies, everything. So she starts receiving deliveries of different kinds of fish. And I mean, really awful, horrible stuff. I hate people. And, at the, and harass her to the point where she has to leave her house. She's just not safe there anymore. Yeah. And it goes so far. Oh, my God, you guys. It was the most tense novel I've read in a long time because it was all about her trying to hide out from these people who are trying to find her and destroy her because she dared to get involved in their world at all because women don't belong. And it's all these guys who can't get a date. Um, And you see that angry, horrible side of these guys and the kind of things they say. It's just hideous. There is some animal abuse in it, so you're not going to want to read it if that sort of thing upsets you. I 
had forgotten to do that the last few times I ran into that, and I have been schooled. So don't read it if that upsets you. There's a lot of sexual harassment involved. There's a lot of just evil behavior. Holy shit. It was a good book, though. I actually did give it five stars because it really shows what it's like for a woman who works in a male-dominated field. And it's somewhere in the back of my mind, I have this remembrance of this happening very recently coming out um, against Blizzard Games. I think that was the name of the company. I, I don't remember what the details were, but I do remember reading something about this toxic culture that they had and somebody calling it out. And it was really good, though. It was I was totally dialed into it, and I could totally relate to a lot of the things that were happening to her, the things that people were saying about her. I don't, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been accused of sleeping with my boss. It was never, ever, ever, ever true. Not once. Not once was I ever attracted to a guy in my office. I've had a lot of people show me their bits over the years. I mean, awful, you guys. It's awful. But it was a, I thought that it was a really good example of a book that calls out a bunch of really important issues. And I think it would be good for discussion. And I think that I don't think it would change any men's minds. But with today's social media and the way things work, it it just really becomes horrific very quickly. Anyway, that was called We Are Watching Eliza Bright by A.E. Osworth. It did have some um, some LGBTQ characters in it as well. Those are actually the people who help her the most. It is. It's a huge. Uh, Mr. Keith talks about it all the time. Um, and he has a co-worker that uh, I'm pretty good friends with who's a woman. And I, coding is a very male-oriented um, pursuit for some reason. And a lot of companies are really trying. I mean, so much so that they will give internships that um, I know Adam's company, Mr. Keith, I'm sorry, Mr. Keith's company gives bonuses if you bring women into the company because they're trying to get more women because women do code and women are excellent at coding some women are excellent but but it's a very misogynistic yes very to get into it's unfortunate and i think that stems back no pun intended to like the stem steam whatever Mm -hmm. program Mm -hmm. is that like from a very young age you're told like oh girls aren't good at math stick to literature girls aren't good at math go do history and like They're getting much compounds. better at that. As and the younger definitely. kids, it's it's definitely better. But for our age groups, a hundred percent. Right. I mean, I genuinely do suck at math. Yeah, that me is too. Fact. I genuinely <laughs> but, suck at math too. <laughs> but like, that's definitely been like, if you ask if you asked a room of a hundred people my age and like fifty percent were like have it fifty fifty men and women, and they were like ask you what your favorite class is, someone's gonna like I would bet most of the men said math or science. But, you know, men have difficulties with math, too, but there are a lot more opportunities and a lot more people pushing them that they need math in their life, mm-hmm. as opposed to women who apparently only needed fractions to cook. Yeah, well, fuck them. I <laughs> mean, I do need those to cook. That is a fact. What little but, bit I do cook. And what are- Martha said is very true because I have seen it. There are a yeah. lot of men who are living in their parents' basements. And I mean... This isn't true across the board, 
but they have so many insecurities about people as a whole and they take it out on women because of the women who have rejected them because there are a lot of mean women in the world there are but, but uh, if you were you don't take it out on and that's the problem that we have as a society you don't take it out you don't take out one mean girl and then say well all women suck and and in just the same because, way and just a harassing because, boss you don't say all men suck yeah and you don't say that a woman is uh, a horrible bitch just because she doesn't want to date you women are individuals they're attracted to different types of people. If they're not attracted to you, it has to do with you, not men in general. But man, you do not want to tick off a tech nerd because, no. oh my gosh, they know all the scary ways to like mess with your life. Yeah. And I it's mean, horrible. they're they, frightening they, as hell. They shut off her bank accounts. Yeah. They do. I mean, they just play all kinds of havoc with her life. And was it was this a debut novel, Martha. Um, I think it might be. Maybe that's why I picked it. I couldn't see anything else that the author had written. It might be a debut. It That might be the reason that I picked it. It was excellent. It was so well written. It, it really hit at the heart of... It's kind of hard to explain it. Because the way they talk is... A lot of the way they talk is in slang. And, the, and mm -hmm. when you're listening to it, it sounds confusing because of the way it's read, I think it would be a better book to read the actual text of because of the back and forth between the different social media accounts. I mean, I didn't have any trouble with it, but it, it could get a little bit confusing as to who's speaking at which time, because not only are they, um, they're talking from social media accounts. They're talking from anonymous social media accounts. So you don't really know who the inspector is, who's the guy that's, you know, doing the majority of this horrible stuff to her. So it was a great mystery novel, too, as well, because you're trying to figure out who's actually behind all this. You don't know. So it's got several different things going on in it. But just the horrible treatment of this girl who really is very good at her job. I mean, mm -hmm. she has created, she has made it possible for this thing that they have always wanted to happen, not by herself, clearly, but, but as a part of the team. And they treat her like she is the enemy. Ugh. And she's not. That sounds awesome. And she's not traditionally pretty. She's not a siren. By any means, you know, they call her rat face. They're 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 horrible to her. She's maybe a six, you know, they would talk about. But that's irrelevant. It's it, all of it is irrelevant. Well, how pretty you are doesn't have any and no, bearing on and, how well you do your job. No. And they, I'm sure that they would have got her for that, too. If she had been prettier, then it would have been a bigger emphasis on who she was sleeping with. Although that was all about that, too. Yeah, man, it, it really triggered me for some stuff that I went through when I was younger because I was very ambitious as a young person and I wanted to move up in my career and yep, you get accused of sleeping with everybody. Anyway, it was excellent. It was an excellent novel. I think it would be a really, it's a really good example of what is actually happening out there to women who try to get into this business. Any male, any male dominated business. I mean, my husband used to talk about his company's efforts to hire female engineers. And you know what? I heard him saying some things and I'm like, dude, you know, give her a chance. 
but a lot of times they would hire people that looked good on paper, you know, whatever it, women deal, women have to deal with that kind of bullshit. And, and a lot of times you end up doing the, your boss's job, who's male and get no credit for it or the boss. Yeah. I mean, you, you do the, the, the men are the one who get promoted and make the most money, but the women do more of the work and make less money and get no credit. Yep. I mean, I think that's an all jobs. It's been happening oh, to me. Salary differential it's been happening in, to in me my STEM? whole fucking oh. life. My whole life yeah. still happening to me to this yeah. day. But I will say when I was in school, um, I'm, math and science all the way. I was always good at math and science and my science teacher tried to push me into extra programs, but I was very not ambitious in school. <laughs> so I stayed in the mediocre classes and just, you know, yeah. that way I didn't have to work. Mm -hmm. Then there was more time to drink, <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> but he did Dude. try to talk me into. So I did get a lot of encouragement for my math and science skills. Well, and not, not all guys are awful. And I think that, yeah. right. that that's the, the, the moral of the story is that people should be, people should be rewarded and praised for what they do, not who they are. Yeah, exactly. Very much so. So, but that doesn't happen. Nope. It doesn't. It would be nice happen. if it did. It's but it frustrating, doesn't. but not to change the subject or anything. But I have to tell you guys a story about what happened to me the last couple of days. So here, here it is, you guys. I, my, for some reason, my digestive system is messed up, meaning I am particularly fragrant. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's getting to the point where, you know, Ron is complaining about it. Because, you but know, when you're sleeping, when you're sleeping, you can't help but fart. Yeah, I sent him this co this um, comic that says something about my methane cuddles, <laughs> and that's pretty bad coming from Ron, considering he's lactose intolerant and eats ice cream often. I know, right? So you know that his ass is stinking at night so, too. So I said something a couple of days ago. I'm like, oh, I'm really craving chili, and he looks at me and he goes, "You can't be serious." <laughs> And I said, what? He goes, you do not need any beans right now. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll try Beano. And I tried it and it works. Hmm. I've I actually never tried that. I popped a couple of those bad boys right before lunch and had a big bowl of chili. Is it, I wonder if there is it like a, like not a charcoal, but does it have like something like that in it? I don't it, know like what it's got in it, but it kept me from farting up, up a storm. So Hmm. I gotta say that well, was see, a I'm win. Making, I'm making chili right now, but I don't put beans in my chili. What, so what kind of a weirdo I, are you anyway? <laughs> God, what is it with people that don't put beans in their chili? That's just wrong. I mean, I like beans with chili, but I don't have any beans, so I just didn't put any in. Plus, you know, I do the the like low carb keto thing so much, oh. and chili is actually keto so long as you don't put the beans in. Beans are beans awesome. Are the only thing. Beans are awesome. I love them. I would eat them for every meal if I could. I could be like that lady who sells her farts in a jar. <laughs> did you see that on the Bro, news? No, <laughs> I did see that somewhere. 
She went to the hospital because she was farting so much that she thought she was having a heart attack. But she was Oof. she was farting in a jar and selling it for like a thousand dollars a pop. Gross. I mean, that's disgusting. Guys, what kind of a fucking weirdo buys a fart in a jar? That's also a valid question. Seriously, I don't know. You find weirdos that'll buy anything out there. I mean, orange is the new black. People were buying panties, dirty underwear. Right. Well, maybe I we mean, should come up with a way that we can make money, Ronnie. Come on, think of something. Some dirty three girl, <laughs> three book girl panties. No, it has Ew. to be something. It has to be something <laughs> unique. We don't want to steal from Orange is the New Black. Besides, that's really gross. No. Use toothbrushes, maybe. Use mask. What? Like what? There you go. Smell our breath. Here's our oh, mask. There you go. Oh. Pre-breathed that's in three bro Recycling. Recycling in the form. In yeah. the highest form. Selling your used masks on eBay. Oh my God. The fact that probably some, you should see, you should Google it real quick and see if somebody's already doing that. I'm sure that is somebody, <laughs> that is somebody's fetish on OnlyFans. Somewhere. That's would, a thing. You, yeah, there has to be. Mm, I can smell Maybe. chili in that mask. <laughs> I'm the puking emoji right now. <laughs> Megan turned can, green on the screen. <laughs> pick, pick which, uh, book girl you want to smell their breath and we'll send you our used three book girl mask <laughs> <laughs> megan is legit gonna that's barf it. that's uh. it you want to smell some dog breath i'm sure echo would be able to uh help you out with that. <laughs> strap a mask on that girl let's get her in on the scheme and that's gonna do it for three, three book, book girls. girls can't get enough of three book girls check them out on facebook twitter Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.